Welcome, everybody, to our weekly Torah podcast. This podcast is dedicated to memory of Mr. and Mrs. Harold and Shirley Pasternak, Rishul Ben David, and Sim Basicheskel. This week's Torah portion, again, it's a double header, is Pashas Achrimos and Kedoshim, oftentimes the together. And whereas last week, the Parshios Tazriya Mitzora seemed to be pretty much an extension of one another, Achrimos and Kedoshim are actually very, very different topics. Achremos largely covers Yom Kippur. Well, the end of Achremos talks about some of the, the, the different prohibitions of different type of relationships. Kedoshim covers a wide, a wide range of different types of mitzvahs, many of which are mitzvahs between man and man, which is kind of interesting. The fact that the Pasuk refers to as Kedoshim to you, the mitzvah of sanctification, of living a sanctified holy existence, and the fact that the Torah tells us so many different mitzvahs between man and man tells us that it requires, in order to live a holy existence, requires not only a, a pious relationship between our relationship to man and God, but also a relationship between, between human beings also, interpersonal relationship also requires, requires adherence to a proper halacha. I'd like to talk about one Pasuk specifically in Parashat Kedoshim today. The Pasuk tells us, Lo Don't hate or despise your brother in your heart. You shall surely reprove and give words of rebuke to your brother. You will not bear his sin upon yourself. There's three different mitzvahs, actually. The prohibition against hating somebody in one's heart. The second mitzvah, a positive commandment, to offer words of rebuke to somebody when you see them doing something wrong. And don't bear a sin, which also it seems like it could be an independent mitzvah, or perhaps a connection to We'll talk about what it means. Now the juxtaposition of these mitzvahs is also very important. Rashi points out the the reason behind the juxtaposition of some of the mitzvahs. Some of them other shown and some other commentaries point out also. Let's talk about the mitzvah though. The mitzvah of giving, offering, reproof another Jew. When you see somebody doing something wrong, there's a positive commandment to tell the person off, to tell the person what he's doing wrong. Now this mitzvah itself actually seems very much at odds with the more relatively modern, I think, type of an idea of a mindset we have in America today of mind your own business. Live and let live. You take care of yourself, worry about yourself, and don't worry about me so much. The Torah tells us that's not the case at all. The reality is, call Yisrael Ravim Zelazeh. All Jews are accountable for one another. That means to say, when my fellow Jew is transgressing or not fulfilling the mitzvahs properly, I carry part of that responsibility, and I'm held accountable for that. Now, this has many halachic ramifications, even insofar as on a positive sense, because my friend, my obligation, my friend's obligation is considered part of my obligation. If let's say the classic example is. I've already heard Kiddush on Shabbos. I already filled my obligation of Kiddush on Shabbos. And my friend has not yet heard Kiddush. I can make Kiddush for my friend. Because even though I already filled the obligation, since my friend has not yet fulfilled it, his responsibility is my responsibility. And therefore, I can make Kiddush for him again. That's the same thing over here too. Because my friend transgressed and I could have done something to stop him, by giving him words of proof, showing him how to improve his ways, and I did not do so, so his response—it's his liability is my liability, because I'm I'm partners in the in the in the transgression, because I could have prevented it, I could have stopped it, 
there is no such thing as mind your own business because this is my own business. It's important for me to be able to 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 be able to try to prove and try to, to show somebody else how to bend his ways, how to behave, how to behave better. However, there are many things that have to be taken into consideration, and this is where the juxtaposition of Pesukim teaches. By the way, along those lines, that's one interpretation why the Torah juxtaposes the midst of reproof, don't bear upon him sin. That means to say is, give words of reproof to your friend, because if not, if not, you will take part in his sin. You'll bear part of his sin too. So the midst of tochoch is in order to prevent us from having to be, from being able to be punished for my friend's misdeeds. However, it's another important part over here also. First of all, the Amban tells us, Don't bear the hatred towards your friend in your heart. Which means to say, when you see your friend doing something wrong, the immediate reaction might be one of resentment. So how, how is he doing something like that? Why is he doing something like that? So the Torah is telling us, don't keep it inside like that. Who knows? If you tell your friend off, you tell him, you show him how to improve his ways, he might listen to you. Don't just keep it inside. He may be another side of the story that you're missing. When you tell him off, he might be able to explain his actions to you and thereby clear the air. So part of the idea of the mitzvah tochacha is in order to be able to prevent yourself from, from bearing hatred towards your friend in your heart. As a matter of fact, the Pasuk also means to tell us, one of the Maritz of Chabad explains, the Mitzvah, don't hate your friend in your heart, means to say a person has to first focus on this point over here, that I really bear no hatred to my friend. Only then is it possible, because if I bear resentment to the person, I can't really give Musr. It's hard for me to be able to tell the person off if my intention is not sincere. So the first person has to cleanse one's heart. Cleanse your heart of any type of animosity or, or, or feelings of resentment. And only then, then you give the person reproof with a clean heart, with a clean slate. Then you can truly be able to feel for the person, to want to be able to help the person, to improve the person, not just out of a sense of being able to, of resentment, trying to be able just to get the better of him. Another interpretation also the rabbis explain is based on the famous idea insight from the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov says that whatever a person sees in this world is a reflection of himself. What that means to say is if I see somebody sinning, that's a reflection. Hashem is trying to point out that I have a semblance of that sin on my own, on my own slate also, and therefore I have to be able to improve. There's a famous story that Baal Shem Tov once saw somebody transgressing the laws of Shabbos. And the Baal Shem Tov thought to himself, hmm, if I saw that there must be some element, something we miss in my own Shmirah Shabbos, in my own observance of Shabbos. And he thought carefully and he realized that the Zohar tells us that a Talmud Chacham, a Torah scholar, is compared to Shabbos in some ways. And he once heard somebody saying words, perhaps of some, some element of, of words of disparagement about a Talmud Chacham. And the Baal of himself had not stood up to defend the Talmud Chacham. And that too might be considered an element of desecration of Shabbos. And that's how he felt that Hashem showed him the desecration to point out that flaw within himself. Therefore, part of the idea over here is the Torah used a double terminology. So surely offer words of reproof. What it means to say is first take a look at yourself. 
first give musr, first give words of reproof to yourself. And only after that should you take a look at somebody else's word and give reproof to somebody else. Only after you take those words to heart yourself are you able to dole them out to somebody else. It would not be appropriate for us to tell somebody else, somebody else to improve themselves when we have the same flaw within ourselves. Tversky once said a very, Avram Tversky said a very beautiful insight. He said he was once in Israel and he saw there was a person driving on Shabbos and many people came out and started yelling at the person, Shabbos, Shabbos, Shabbos. And he thought to himself, what's that going to accomplish exactly? Based this insight of the Balshantov, if they saw the person driving on Shabbos, they first should have turned to themselves and said, Shabbos, Shabbos. Where's my Shabbos? What's wrong with my Shabbos? If my Shabbos were so beautiful, if my Shabbos were kept up in a way which is so admirable, that person would not transgress either. If the fact that he sees me keeping my Shabbos and he still transgresses means to say there's something, obviously, that's not so attractive about the way I observe my Shabbos. And therefore, I should really be shouting Shabbos to myself. First give words of reproof to yourself before you direct them to somebody else. Abraham Voloshness is a very interesting insight in the idea of tochacha too. The word tochacha comes with lahochiach, which literally means to show somebody, to prove something to somebody. A tochacha is a, is, a, is a proof. So the understanding over here also is that when you want to help build somebody else, your goal is to be able to, be able to, to have them amend their behavior, prove their behavior. So you have to be able to show them in a way that's accepting to them. The Gemara tells us that person has to be on the level to know how to accept words of reproof. Not only how to deliver words of reproof, but how to accept words of reproof. And if I give words of reproof that are not going to be acceptable, I speak in a very sharp manner, for example, that will be somewhat of a turnoff rather than something that will elevate the person or that attract the person to be able to improve his behavior. And that type of a situation, if that were to happen, then it doesn't accomplish the goal. And if I cannot do it in any different way, the Abraham Volushin says, I'm exempt. It's like a person who does not have an arm. He's part of from tefillin. He's not obligated in tefillin because he has no place to put the tefillin. The same thing over here. If a person is unable to give words of reproof in a manner, in a sweet manner that they can be received, he's exempt from the mitzvah of tochacha. He has no obligation to give tochacha. Along the same lines, Chavetz Chaim points out for the Medrash, the Medrash says, the mitzvah of chet. You shall give words of reproof to your friend and don't bear a sin. He says, when you give words of reproof to your friend, be careful not to embarrass him. Don't say the words in a, way, in a manner that the person is going to be defensive and get all embarrassed. Because by, by doing so, you will bear a sin. Two wrongs don't make a right. Just because a person did something wrong doesn't give you the right to go out and embarrass the person. And by embarrassing the person, you'll get the sin. So what have you accomplished? Nothing's, nothing's, nothing's been improved. Nothing's going to happen at all from your words of tochach, your words of reproof. This fits into a similar idea also. The Gemara tells us, Gemara says, that Kashem, just like it's a mitzvah to give words of reproof, if you know that it might be listened to, there's a mitzvah to not say words of reproof if you know that it's not going to be listened to. Now the understanding of this is, is that the words have to accomplish something. If you're not going to accomplish something, you're better off not saying anything at all. But what's the mitzvah? It sounds like an interesting terminology the Gemara uses. Just like it's a mitzvah to say words of reproof, it's a mitzvah not to say words of reproof. The Gemara t- should have told us that although there's a mitzvah to give reproof if it's going to be listened to, there's no such mitzvah if it's not going to be listened to. 
Why does the Gemara say it's a mitzvah to not say something if it's not going to be listened to? I said a beautiful interpretation like this. The goal of this mitzvah is to improve the other person. Sometimes that improvement might come about by giving words of reproof and showing the person where he's done wrong and how he can improve himself. But that's only if you know that he can listen to you. If you know that, quite to the contrary, by you're giving words of reproof, the person's going to dig his heels in the, in, this, in the dirt and he's going to spitefully continue doing it, then I'm better off not saying words of reproof because by saying words of reproof, I'm actually making the situation worse. If the goal is to help my friend, I'm, my, my goal over here is to not make things worse for him. And therefore, it's actually a mitzvah to not say words of reproof because I'm accomplishing the same goal. In, both, in some cases, I'll accomplish the goal by saying words of reproof, making the person improve, becoming a better person. Sometimes I'm actually better off not saying words of reproof because that helps the person out by not making him do it something spitefully. That's the Gemara tells us sometimes there's a concept, when you see somebody doing something wrong out of ignorance and you know that if you say something to them, they'll continue doing it anyway, you're better off not saying something because right now it's only being done out of ignorance, accidentally. But if you tell him it's going to be done spitefully, the punishment's going to be much worse. And therefore, you're accomplishing the same goal by not saying something. By not giving words of reproof, you're actually helping him because that way he won't be punished as severely because he didn't know the severity of what he's doing. So sometimes it's a fascinating idea. This positive commandment, the mitzvah of tochacha, can actually be given by not doing something, by remaining passive, by not saying something. Because by saying something, you might be making matters even worse. Now, the Chavetz Chaim does tell us, Gemara brings us from the Gemara, that this halacha only applies that you're supposed to not say something by something which is not explicit in the Torah. If it's something which is explicit in the Torah, then you have an obligation to say something anyway. The reason is because a person can't say it's ignorance. It's so clear, it's so blatantly mentioned in the Torah. How can a person say, I don't know? And therefore, what are we going to say? that by not saying something, it's better because right now it's only an accident and if they tell him something, it'll be done willfully. That's not really true. Even if I don't say something, it's considered willfully because it's so explicit in the Torah. And therefore, since I'm not going to be accomplishing anything by not saying something, in that situation, it'd be better for me to say something. Even if I know he's not going to listen to me, I should still say something and give it a try because it's not going to make anything worse because it's already explicit in the Torah anyway and the person understands it. This is a little bit of an inkling, a little bit of an understanding of this great mitzvah, the mitzvah of tochocha, the mitzvah of giving words of reproof, and the, and the obligation, the importance of giving words of reproof. But like everything else, it comes with it comes with restrictions, with limitations. It's a mitzvah to say something certain times, but it has to be said in the right way. It has to be said in the right circumstances. And when circumstances don't allow for it, then sometimes it might be better off not saying anything at all. Indeed, the Gemara tells us, already in times of the Gemara, when the, one of the Marayim said, in our times, I don't think there's anybody that's capable of giving words of reproof or anybody capable of receiving words of reproof. A person really should learn to be appreciative when somebody tells them how to improve his behavior. Rather than becoming defensive and sometimes to the contrary, shooting back, so oh, you make you think, you know, you think you're so good. I know you do this and this also. A person should really learn how to be able to hold one's tongue and realize this is for my benefit. This is for to help me out. And that's, that's the way words of reproof should be received. And that's the way words of reproof should be delivered also along those same lines. It should be done in a manner, a loving manner, in order to be able to make sure that the person is able to be receptive 
to the words that are that words have been spoken to. Have a great Shabbos, everybody, and hopefully we'll be together again next week. Ever think about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today.